Contemporary and historical accounts about the battle vary. In particular, conflicting claims about numbers are a primary clue to a different battle than has traditionally been reported. Both Morgan and Lieutenant Colonel Bannister Tarleton minimized their own numbers and enlarged their opponents. There was no reason to pursue this until Bobby G. Moss published his compilation of data relating to the battle. A simple matter of addition and a basic knowledge of statistics confirmed glaring discrepancies between official statements and actual American numbers. Final stimulation to work on Calpens came from the brilliant work by Douglas Scott and Richard Fox. Assigned to investigate the battlefield at Little Bighorn National Monument, they located artifacts, excavated, and computerized their data. Their work did not change the battle's outcome, but the new details challenged traditional interpretations about how Custer met his end. Calpence cannot be investigated the same way because 18th century weapons technology was different. At Calpence, the many written accounts from both sides makes its interpretation easier than that of the Battle of the Little Bighorn, where only Indians survived to tell what happened. Calpence is unusual for American Revolutionary War battle. A small, quick fight with immense impact, Calpence is fairly well documented because it was recognized as a turning point in the war. Primary records make it possible to study this engagement using participant observations. Obscure published documents in the long unutilized pension records provide a new opportunity and good reasons for re-examining the battle. The combination of well-known accounts, lesser-known documentary materials, including the pension records, makes reevaluation of Calpens necessary, especially since the most used published accounts were often taken out of the battle's chronological and spatial contexts. The starting point was Bobby G. Moss's Patriots at the Cowpens. Utilizing letters, memoirs, official reports, and pension applications, Moss listed more than 950 Americans who served or probably served at Cowpens. While some names were later eliminated, nearly 30 Marylanders and 40 Delawares were added. Even with deletions, there were more names than Morgan's official strength at Cowpens. Since pension records represent only those who survived the battle and lived an additional 40 years, Morgan had far more men than he claimed. Computerizing the pension data allowed examination of details, such as the number in each battle line, militia organization, company positions, and individual soldiers' locations. In some cases, casualty types and locations illuminated previously unsuspected battle segments. Even though Cowpence was documented by contemporaries and following generations, a new study is necessary because most secondary accounts rely heavily on earlier historians and very few participant accounts. Virtually every writer quoted a few first-person accounts, often without citing them. In most cases, however, statements were taken out of chronological order without regard for battlefield location. No author used all published sources or attempted to resolve differences of chronology and tactics. Furthermore, most recent writers tend to present the Southern campaign within a broader context, such as overall strategy in the war or loyalists. Calpins then becomes only a small segment of a campaign. Two historians provide alternative ways of reporting combat. S.L.A. Marshall pioneered battle analysis by examining small units during World War II, Korea, and Vietnam. 
Marshall used post-battle interviews to create a consensus of what happened. He then drew conclusions about improving American combat effectiveness. John Keegan studied war from a more detailed chronological perspective, and his first work, The Face of Battle, articulated his approach. Keegan reduced battles to increments of time and types of combat. Using participant accounts, he reconstructed and reinterpreted battles using documentary sources to provide information about types of fighting, states of mind, and unit cohesion. His interpretations resulted in a better understanding of medieval, Napoleonic, and World War I combat. 